Take hold of your life, take charge of tomorrow, and step into the world of your dreams. Welcome to the Very Brave Podcast with Rachel Evans. Thank you so much for joining me again at the Very Brave Podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful week and you are already overcoming your fear, you're summoning your courage, and you are making brave moves. My guest for this episode of the Very Brave Podcast is an amazing woman, Lauren Lowry. And I know that you are going to enjoy this episode just as much as I did because the things that we touched on are things that are very close to my heart. We talked about integrity. We talked about making choices that aren't popular. I don't know about you, but that happens to me uh, on a weekly basis. (laughs) And we also talked about overcoming adversity. And as I uh, recorded this with Lauren and since I've come back to listen to it again, it's really made me think about the times in my life when I've overcome extreme adversity in order to keep moving forward, to put one step in front of the other and to still make progress. So grab a cuppa, sit back and enjoy this episode. The brave toil to seek a life beyond. Have you summoned the strength to move beyond the mediocre? We're all ears. We'd love to hear your story of bravery and share it with our community. Reach out to support at bravemedianetwork.com. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Very Brave Podcast. I'm really excited today to be speaking with Lauren Lowry. Lauren, hello. Hi. Yeah. Hi from Nashville in the US. Amazing. Can you please tell us a little bit about you and your background? Yeah. So I am an Emmy award-winning news anchor. I work for the NBC affiliate here in Nashville, Tennessee, which in the US we call Music City. It's the home of country music. We got a lot of great music that comes out of this town. I'm also a mom. I've got three kids, six, three, and one. So I'm kind of in the thick of it, but I work full-time here at the station. And so I've got a super supportive husband, which works. And then also I'm a, I'm a podcast host. Uh, last year, I started working toward a, a podcast that I've been just so, so proud of having deep, wisdom-filled, soul-bearing conversations with people called Amstigator is what it is. So Amplify and Instigator mashed together is Amstigator. And, you know, just all around friend, daughter, sister, you know, doing all the things that we women do. Let's discuss straight up because this is the Very Brave podcast and we're working here to redefine bravery for women. What is your definition of bravery? What does it mean to you? Yeah, I I believe being brave is doing the really, really hard thing in an otherwise potentially insurmountable situation, whether that means having integrity in a situation that just feels like it's completely absent, or maybe that means making the choice that might not be popular. It's having the courage and having the bravery to go forth with what you know is right or what you feel is right, especially for women. I I think we as women are just so attuned to things that are unseen, things that are felt. I just think we're more attuned than men are. So (laughs) with those things, we're like Mm -hmm. consistently over the course of our lives, we have to reconnect with our bodies in so many ways Just saying like, okay, what feels right in this situation? And I feel like, especially in today's day and time, when you are so much evaluated based on productivity, you know, what you put out, I think being brave is having the courage to listen to self and listen to others making the right choice at the right time. 
I talk a lot on the podcast about the three different types of bravery that I've identified that are perhaps more meaningful to women than just the physical version that society has conditioned us for. And they're moral bravery, spiritual bravery, and emotional bravery. As I say those, do they make sense to you? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say spiritual bravery for me. It's funny to even like hear myself say that because up until probably a year ago, that just wasn't even something that I wanted to acknowledge. I grew up in a very religious family and then spent my adult years trying to distance myself from spirituality. And then I realized uh, last year, I was, I was 36 last year when it really kind of came to bear for me of this realization of like, if I... I'm going to go forth and do what it is that I'm supposed to do, why I'm here, what I'm supposed to be doing right now in this life. Like I have to reconnect with something so much deeper than what is seen or what is understood, what can be tangible. I have to connect with something deeper. So I think if for me in this last year, it's been a, it's been a year of definitely spiritual bravery. And we had a little bit of a chat prior to recording and you were telling me about some of uh, the circumstances or situations where you believed bravery had really come up for you. So can you tell us about some of the brave moments that you recognize you've had, which won't earn you a bravery medal from the president, (laughs) but, you know, really stand out to you as times where, you know, you've had to find courage and and bravery was the result. You know, what's interesting is like, so I was mentioning what's been going on for me in the last year. I didn't even coin it as bravery. Would you believe it was a man who told me what you've just done is very brave. And I said, would you think so? He said, oh, I know. So, Mm. so here's, here's the situation. So as a, as a news anchor in television, so we call it an on-camera talent. So I'm on a, I'm under an on-camera talent contract. Talent contracts are notoriously restrictive of what I can and cannot do. You know, I work for this television station. So I am in some ways owned by my image is owned by the television station. And it's always been that way. I've been in TV since I was 20. Uh, 21, you know, so I've always been under a talent contract. But a year ago, I just felt very, very strongly that I was being called to create something that would use my image and likeness and kind of fly in the face of my talent contract. I I started a year ago working to create a, a video podcast. Now, for most people, creating a podcast would be like no big deal. It, maybe it's a marketing extension of their company or, you know, something that they want to do on the side for fun. Well, people who are under restrictive talent contracts have a much more difficult time doing something like this. So in my mind, as I'd gotten this real urging nudge from God, the universe, whatever your cosmology will allow, I was getting, I was being called to start this project. And I knew I knew I needed to do it. You know, in my heart, my heart was saying, start this now, start this now, start this now. And I kept saying in my head, this is irresponsible. Why would you do this? You're going to get sued. You're going to get fired. You're going to get all of these things. And I had to make a very brave choice to trust my heart. I knew what I knew that I knew I was being called to start this video podcast that would begin to highlight wisdom and not everyday life, but the extraordinarily ordinary ways that all of us find purpose. And I was seeing just in the stories that I was doing at the news station, I was interviewing women, actually, in fact, about their amazing achievement. And I found that the through line for all of those stories was purpose, that in each of the cases, a woman had been galvanized by something she believed strongly in 
And then in that process found purpose, whether it was in the business community or the music industry, because again, we're in, we're in Nashville, <laughs> you know, through nonprofits, through healthcare, I mean, through, through some sort of industry, they would find purpose. And so what I wanted to do was highlight the stories of people who had been making these brave choices over and over again, committing to a transition from one thing to the next or taking the big leap or, you know, doing all of the brave things, you know, that we women often have to do. And I wanted to highlight more of their conversations. And so even though I didn't know how it was going to work out, it worked out down to the hour of how it was supposed to. The time that I had finally just recorded my first slate of 13 episodes, because it's a video podcast. When I recorded those episodes, just 36 hours before, my company had come under new ownership by another company who instead of being concerned about me starting a podcast, actually celebrated it. And more than celebrated it, they said to me, you are doing what we want everyone to do. We're playing catch up to you now, but you've shown us like this incredible ability that we, we, you are creating a best practices model for the company, which employs 10,000 plus people. And so I knew that I was being called to do something, even though the timing didn't make sense. I knew that I had to do it. And then I found out later, why I needed to do it. And I think that's part of being brave, you know, trusting what it is that you're, you're being called to do, even though all around you, things don't seem like they would be the right choice. Amazing. So not only were you not in trouble, you were, you were being celebrated for uh, this choice. And Isn't that I- amazing? <laughs> it's just crazy to me because it's so wild. People live in such fear in this industry. Like, what am I going to do that I'm going to get fired for? You know, and, and I just went for it and it it was rewarded. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And I often find myself with those things where it's intuitively, you know, you're being drawn towards something or there's a, a voice that, you know, is calling you towards something they're the things that turn out the best and it's where we acknowledge that there's fear there but we're going to do it anyway that leads us down the path and you know I I say a lot there's three parts to being brave and the first one is uh, acknowledging fear that's actually telling us hey there's something here for you to look at step this way don't run the other way and it's at that point that we can choose courage because there's no point to courage if fear wasn't there in the first place it would never appear and it's only in retrospect you know you're a a year down the track you can turn around now and say hey that was really brave it's not something we determine in the moment it's something that we think about later and whether it's we recognize it or like the man that pointed out to you (laughs) you that what what you did was brave Need a daily reminder to be brave? Sign up to 365 Days of Brave and get a daily brave message now. Go to bravemedianetwork.com. What about the birth of your second child? You mentioned that there was uh, some circumstances there where you had to fight for yourself. Yeah, and I, I, I like what you're saying about fear because fear was the motivator in this particular story. You know, for anyone who's had a child, I, I think for me, having children just helped me begin to connect with why childbirth, you know, in all of recorded human history, childbirth has been a nasty, dirty business. You know, women die. And in the U.S., women die at a rate higher than any other developed nation in pregnancy or postpartum, which why that's a separate conversation, but it's wild. It, It doesn't make any sense that such a wealthy nation would have so many problems with maternal mortality. 
But after the birth of my second child, five days after I had left the hospital, I just woke up this particular day and I just didn't feel right. And then by the afternoon, my, you know, my mom had come and stayed with me to help because I already had one child, a, a two-year-old. So it's like, what do you do with the two-year-old when you've got a newborn? That's a, that's a problem. <laughs> and so my mom was helping. And I said to her at some point, I said, I just don't feel right. Something's not right. I'm going to go lay down and try to take a nap. And this is like two o'clock in the afternoon. But I remember laying there trying to take a nap and not being able to fall asleep because I was afraid. If I closed my eyes and fall asleep, I wouldn't wake up. I had a distinct fear that I might die. And where does something like that come from? I feel like there's some infinite wisdom built into the, to the female form. And that's partly what I mean. Like all of our lives, we have to connect with how do I really feel right now? Or something's not right in my body. We as women don't tend to ignore those things. We address them more quickly than say a man does. I mean, the research bears that out over and over again, but I just knew something was wrong. So we called the doctor. The doctor says, go to the, go to the, you know, this particular wing of the hospital. I want to kind of look at you and test you. So I get tested for all these things. And I'm being told over and over again by the nurses and doctors, everything is normal. You look okay. Your tests are okay. Everything's fine. And as respectfully as I could, and like summoning all of my, all of my courage, I said every time I realize these tests show that I'm normal, something is not right. There's got to be something else you can test. There's got to be something else. Then they call another test. No, this is still normal. Okay. Well, I'm telling you it's not normal. Let's test something else. So this goes on for it's only like eight hours. And I could tell they were trying to be respectful to me, but, you know, on the verge of patting me on the head and saying, okay, little girl, we're the doctor, we're the, we're the professionals go home. Short of saying that the doctor, I just am so forever grateful because she could sense that something wasn't right too. She could sense it in my voice. She could sense that I was not, I was not okay. And she said, all right, Lauren, there's one more test that I can order. And it's it. Like if something doesn't show up on this test, there are literally no more tests in the hospital. We can't test anything else. And, and when, you know, it was a CT scan and that one scan showed everything we needed to know. It showed that my heart had enlarged. So which is called pulmonary edema. So the, my heart was enlarged. My lungs were almost completely full of fluid. It explained why I couldn't, I had this awful pain in my back. I couldn't breathe. I, I was always <gasps> gasping for air, <gasps> you know, and I, and, and I, I mean, I could just tell something was wrong. At that moment, my blood pressure shot up to something ungodly. Like I, I usually live life at 100 over 60. My blood pressure shot up to 200 over 120. I mean, like you're not going anywhere. Like we've got to give you blood pressure medicine to bring it down. But all because I kept saying to them, something's not right. Something's not right. And I found out after the fact that what I dealt with postpartum preeclampsia only affects about 700 women in the U.S. a year. 700 women. That's it. I mean, out of what, like a million, two million, couple million live births a year in my country, 700 women deal with this. So not only are doctors not looking for it because it doesn't happen very often, but also they're the professionals. I am not a professional in terms of medicine. I had to fight and trust 
and be confident that what I was saying, what I was feeling was real. You know, I dealt with a lot of trauma after that fact, you know, after that diagnosis, I spent several days in the hospital and, um, you know, we had to get all the fluid out of my body that my body had been holding on to. But I'll never forget my job. My husband was in the hospital room with me, you know, the morning after I'd been diagnosed and things were already on the mend, So it was good. But he asked my doctor, he's like, what would have happened if we hadn't called? You know, he, he wanted to understand what, how serious was this? How bad was this? And without hesitation, she said, oh, God, heart attack, stroke, death, just like that. And he and I both were like, oh, OK, it was really serious for a moment. And I found out later that the feelings, they're actually called feelings of doom. Feeling like you're going to die is actually one of the symptoms of this, because guess what? You were about to die. This preeclampsia has killed so many women over the course of like human history. And up until now, we just didn't know how to deal with it. It is still often misdiagnosed because of doctors who will say, oh, it's okay, honey, pat you on the head. Your numbers are fine. Go home. But I'm just so grateful that someone listened to me that night. I'm so grateful that whatever I said time after time forced someone to listen and not send me home because I, you know, I wouldn't be here. Who would take care of my kids? You know, I'm just, gosh, I, I could cry thinking of it now. I remember that day so clearly. Mm, extraordinary. And Happily, you did also go on to have one more baby. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. That was another thing I felt called to do, like against all odds. If you at home, if anyone's listening to this and like, I'm thinking about having a third child. Mm -hmm. My advice is always don't, unless you feel called to have a third child. Like I felt called to have him and uh, he's now one about to turn two. I just feel like there's something special that he's meant to do or something he's here to teach me or something he's here to learn from me, or I wouldn't have been called to have him. But yeah, it's so interesting how like someone who tried so desperately not to be spiritual, how spiritual I've become in the last couple of years as things have just worked out in a way that have to be divine. Inspiring women to claim their courage, to stand in truth and to celebrate their power. You reap what you sow. Plan to see by signing up to a VIP day with Rachel Evans. Contact support at bravemedianetwork.com. So you've mentioned a couple of times your very supportive husband. That's often a topic of conversation on the Very Brave podcast because one of the things that comes up around being brave for women is often having the courage to leave a situation where you're mm. not supported. So please, I'm, I'm always mm. so eager to hear the stories of supportive spouses. What does that yeah. look like for you? What's the dynamic between you and your husband? The best way I can explain it is this. I am, now let me say it like this. He is the deep, deep roots, very, very deep roots. If I am a tall, but not tall and very short. If I'm the tall, beautiful tree, I am still susceptible to seasons. I'm susceptible to the wind and the rain and the storms, but he is this unmoving, unwavering, deep rooted, incredibly kind person. And I am so lucky to have found him. I, I mean, I kissed a lot of frogs, you know, <laughs> I, I was in um, the only other actually long relationship I had ever been in uh, before I met him was an abusive relationship. And so I knew intuitively that was not right. 
that was not the relationship I should have been in. And so I, I mean, I finally got out and I, you know, just vowed to myself that I would find a person who would treat me the way, you know, treat me the way every woman is supposed to be treated with love and respect and dignity. And, uh, you know, I did, I did find him and it's like, I mean, it's Providence. It's like Providence, how we ended up together. And like all relationships, we've overcome a lot, you know, it does take two people and I am so fortunate and so grateful to have someone who's, he's just so emotionally intelligent. You know, he's not someone who gets riled easily. You know, I can get whipped up pretty quick and I can get mad or, or like hot to trot, as my family says, like I get real hot to trot, like I'm going to go, but he's um, just this unwavering, just deeply, deeply rooted person who just grounds me all the time. Like I can get too airy and he's, he's very earthy for me. And I'm very grateful of that. So you and I today have been talking about, you know, your stories, things that are really personal to you, but I know that our listeners will be able to relate And I wonder in your mind, how is it that we could encourage more women to take more brave moves, you know, when they're in a situation where they don't feel themselves and, you know, they're, they're fighting for their, for their life, so to speak, like you were, or they're in a professional situation where they called to do something, but perhaps their current workplace doesn't really allow for it. How do you think we encourage more women Mm. to, to be brave in those situations? Yeah. You know, I can tell you from experience and then also from some of the amazing people I've interviewed and asked some of these same exact questions like, okay, well, what's step one in this? And one of the things that's resonated for me that I just feel like there's so much wisdom is step one, rest. What is it that's whipping you up? What is it that's making you so, so gosh, just out of sorts? What's making you feel like you don't belong in a situation? Pull yourself away from it. Number one, rest, take some time for yourself, find the things that bring you joy and bring you excitement and just focus some energy there. I mean, this is like not an immediate process. This is a kind of a long and slow process. So you have to commit to resting and giving yourself some space. I think the next thing to do too is begin asking your question, asking yourself questions of why. Why do things not work? What what is it about the situation that doesn't feel right? And then on top of that, while you're resting and you're asking yourself those questions that you you just, you know, some of them quite frankly don't even need answers because questions bring more questions. So while you're asking yourself questions, while you're resting, I think the next thing you need to do too is begin. Begin with the low-hanging fruit about connecting with body and feeling. I think all people have intuition, but I think, again, like I've said plenty of times, I think women know how to connect with intuition so much more quickly than men do. Because, I mean, let's take it back to even when you're a, when you're a mom to a newborn, your baby's crying, they can't tell you why. So what do you do? You have to feel your way through that situation with that baby. What does this baby need? Why, why is he or she crying? what is it? And you have to, you have to sleuth your way through it. So you need to sleuth your way through your own problems too. What's the problem here? Why isn't this working? And allow yourself the space to do that. And then when you feel certain urgings or you feel like maybe you're being led in a direction, follow it. So often we choose to lead with our head when we should be leading with our heart. 
our heart gives us all the information we need, all of the pre-warnings about anything that would be important. You just have to commit to following it. Maybe it's a daily affirmation. Maybe it's a mantra. Maybe it's something that you need to write and put on a post-it note and put it on the mirror that says, I will be brave today, or I will listen to my heart today. And when you say that to yourself over and over again, not only do you begin to believe it, but I believe that you start magnetizing situations to you that allow you to trust yourself more. I think, I think once you've done those things, I mean, you're just unstoppable. And I think that last point that you make about magnetizing things towards you, I mean, you're proof of that. You manifested uh, new ownership of your uh, TV station so that they would uh, <laughs> celebrate you for your podcast. So there's Look proof. how powerful I am. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> My husband and I have this saying that the universe wants us to win. And, you know, the more we say that and believe that, the more evidence of that that shows yeah. up. So I'm a huge believer in using affirmations and writing things down and, and drawing things to you. Definitely. I've got to tell you, there's one book that I've read recently that a girlfriend of mine was like, Lauren, you stop whatever you're reading and read this book. It's just that life-changing. And it, and it has been, this book has been that life-changing for me. Uh, it's called Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. It came out, I think in 2021. Mm-hmm you know, if someone knows about him, I mean, he's had a very long career. I had only just been recently exposed to him and his work, but good Lord, is that not a powerful book? And if someone's like, gosh, I know something's wrong, but I have no idea what it is. I don't know how to move forward. That book gives some amazing guidance. The thing I love about it is it, it, it balances neuroscience research, and then it puts in some spiritual aspects into it too. It's really an amazing book. Yeah. So if you, if you, I wouldn't even say if you have time, I just say, get the audio book because <laughs> do it. what mom, what working mom has time. We don't. Yes. No, that's <laughs> right. Make time. Get brave. Let Rachel inspire you to go deeper and come out blazing. Receive a free masterclass now. Go to go.bravemedianetwork.com slash masterclass. A question for you for... 37-year-old Lauren, if she was Mm -hmm. to give a piece of advice to 18-year-old Lauren, what would you say to her? It doesn't have to be hard. Mm. Yeah, that's what I'd tell myself. I think that's that's a lesson I'm learning actually in real time. I'm learning that right now, that it doesn't have to be hard. I I think I have assumed my entire life that things have to be hard. They don't have to be hard. They don't, they don't, I've made them hard. I've made things hard. And, and the thing is like, it's, it's difficult when you win awards, when you get accolades, when you get all of this positive reinforcement for what you're doing, you think that the way you're doing it is the right way. You also think it's the only way. I certainly did. And so now as 37-year-old me, seeing how changing my mindset, changing the way I believed about different, you know, what I believed about different situations, I'm seeing now that if I would have just trusted myself from the beginning, it wouldn't have had to be so hard. You know, I wouldn't have forced situations that didn't need to be forced. You know, maybe I would have won more awards. I don't know. Maybe I would have done even better. <laughs> but I, I do feel like you're never on the wrong path. Like this was still the path I needed to be on, right? To get to this place where I can have this moment of real clarity of saying it didn't have to be hard. And it doesn't moving forward. I have a lot of life left. It doesn't have to be hard. You know, 
so I think that's what I would tell myself. I don't know that 18 year old me would listen. Yeah. <laughs> but, but 18 yep. <laughs> year old me could be told, you know, trust yourself a little bit more. It doesn't have to be this hard. One final question. We talk about bravery and, and brave moves. I imagine that you've got some more brave moves in you. Can you share with me and our listeners uh, what your next brave move might be? Yeah. Um, right now, I, I feel like I really should be stepping into uh, speaking. So like as a, as a news anchor, I MC events all the time, but it, I'm looking at doing different a different type of speaking, you know, speaking at events, speaking at conferences and that sort of thing to, to, to share the same message. I mean, something that I say a lot is you are powerful enough to change your life. You just have to believe you are. That's all that it takes. It starts with belief because I think once you open the door to that, that's when all of that stuff really starts coming to you. Because I do agree with you, the universe is conspiring in your favor. You know, all you have to do is say yes to it. So I want to start speaking more. I also, you know, I'm going to continue doing all of these seasons. That's what I'm trying to get to, seasons of my video podcast. I'm hopeful that my uh, video episodes will be picked up soon and shared across uh, lots and lots of television markets in the U.S. But I also feel like just very strongly that we need to create a community of women, a community of wise women. That's where I'm heading in the immediate future. Um, I'm for my season three, which I'm about to go start shooting in, in uh, August, actually. What I've chosen to do is focus only on women, only interview women, and it specifically be women that I am personally connected to, to help even tell more deeply their stories of purpose, but even more so their life lessons. Because as women, I think we are the holders of wisdom. And I think we've given up our, our seat of power. I think we allow, we've allowed other people to take power away. And I think as women, as holders of wisdom, we need to step back in and say, let's pass this on. Let's celebrate our womanhood. Let's celebrate our femininity. Let's celebrate the life lessons we've learned. And, you know, let's go forward together. So I think that's what's coming up for me is just sort of embodying that message specifically in the next few months, but then also um, I want to start speaking about it too. Nice. I resonate so much with what you're saying about, you know, that we have this innate wisdom uh, inside of us that there are definitely circumstances where we all give power away. Um, I personally believe it's because we've been coached to do so over many centuries to cede power to others. But I look forward to watching those podcast episodes. So once more for our Very Brave podcast listeners, where can we find your podcast? Yeah, so it exists on YouTube, Ampstigator. Again, Amp, like Amplify, Ampstigator. And then it's also on all the typical podcast places, Amstigator. It's the same name. So uh, yeah, no, I'd be very, very glad for anyone to check it out. I think no matter what, I, those episodes always offer just radical encouragement to anybody. I've, and I feel just strongly, people just end up finding the episode they need to hear. So read a few descriptions press play on one that resonates with you. And then I think you'll be, you'll be, um, you'll be really encouraged. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Uh, I know you're in between newscasts, so very grateful that you've been able to find the time to share your brave stories. Thank you so much. What a, what a pleasure. You're brave. You're strong. You can. Thanks for making us part of your story. Rate and review the Very Brave Podcast wherever you listen.